Welcome, everybody, to The Jarek Show. I, as always, am Javad Malik. Apologies to the hundreds and hundreds of you that were waiting and wondering why hasn't this show started yet. Uh, I can op- only apologize. Obviously, I work with amateurs, and uh, they were delayed, but also I needed to top up my my Evian uh, so that I, I, I'm suitably hydrated for this show. So, without further ado. Welcome to The Jarek Show. Featuring your hosts, Javad Malik and Eric Crone. Timely topics, poorly presented. And I just thought I'd mention, while we are not sponsored by Evian, we are open for sponsorship. So if anyone wants to throw us some money, uh, get in touch and my PA will respond. Speaking of my PA, please welcome Eric Crone. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good, but I think it's interesting. You tried to blame that lateness on me in a roundabout way no yes. i didn't there was nothing roundabout about it i always blame <laughs> you direct i look you in the eye and i say it's your fault oh man oh look at you look at you my friend no how you been though yeah it's been a good a better week than last week Let, let's put it that way all right all right well it's friday it's that's a good thing and uh i i guess for me um i'm i'm doing that big show series in vegas now right and, mm. uh, are you doing the whole uh trilogy are you doing b-sides black hat and defcon i'm doing them all my friend and wow. and just to show you something here real quick i've been a little bit busy playing around and anyone that happens to be going that would want one um i did make some of these little dog tags which are kind of fun i'll be handing Ooh. these out hold on let's make yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome to fabulous Las Vegas. These are laser engraved. And on the flip side, it's the Jarek Show with ways to get a hold of you and I. Just kind of a fun little trinket for there. I'll be, I got about a hundred of these things I'll be able to hand out and at the booth. And on top of that, I got oh, a couple of the these. Book. Got a couple of these I'm taking along with me. They're being printed right now and delivered down there. Um, so gonna have some fun while we're in vegas doing this as well i'm looking forward to it actually you know it's it's one of those shows that kind of as it's starting to come up you you oscillate between like god i hate this is so much work i can't stand it and then it's like oh but i'll get to see everybody and that's going to be awesome and then you're like oh but i'm just exhausted by the end of it you know what i'm talking about man i know it's (laughs) it's like that for all these big shows like rsa and, and and black hat is like the same i think it's an oscillation beforehand. Then you get stuck into the middle of it. Then you want it to be over. Then you're so glad it's over. But then at the same time, you're really sad that it's over. Yeah. Because it's just... yeah. And I'll tell you, my, my wife, she she gives me a hard time about this sometimes now. Come Sunday, because we fly out Monday morning. Come Sunday, I'm going to be all pissy and oh, i don't want to go do this. And, blah, 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 blah. and then I get there and it's like, okay, this is a lot of fun. You know, it's, yeah. Yeah, but this time I'm actually, uh, my daughter's going with me too. So she's wow. been to a couple of the B-sides with me. She's she's shown interest in the cybers. So uh, she graduated high school last year. We're going to go show her what the cybers are really like. You know, I saw something on, on social media this a few days ago, and they were like, Cy- cybersecurity is, is, is in two camps. There's half the people saying, I'm so excited. I, I want to know, how do I break into the industry? And the other half is like, I'm so done. How do I just exit? Yeah. 
<laughs> well, you know what? And, and that's something we kind of talk about in our book, not to plug the book, but I'm going to yeah. plug the book. Yeah, we do book. talk about finding the right niche within cyber. Otherwise, it'll just eat you alive. And that's what I think a, a lot of people unfortunately do is there's a lot more to cyber than just being a sock analyst or something or, or even red team, you know, and that kind of stuff. Some people, they get into it because they think that's going to be the way to go and they find out that they don't love it, but fail to look around and go, hey, you know what? There's a lot of other things I could do. I've always been blue team, yeah. right? I've always been on the defensive side and I really enjoy that. That's those, I, I go home after, you know, the end of a day and nothing's gone terribly wrong and I usually feel pretty good about it, right? Um <laughs> I don't have a lot of urge to code. I don't have a lot of urge to go do that kind of stuff. That's just not me. Well, let's be honest. You don't have urge to do much at all. You just want to sit in your rocking chair and eat pizza or whatever. You're talking about my retirement, man. And that's sounding better and better every day, man. I, I really, you know what? I mean, we've been, I've been doing this since mid 1990s or something. Wow. You are old. Man. I know. <laughs> I know. It's like, you know, I was like 10 at the time or something, like oh, five maybe, you. I don't know. No, man, my first my first network, and people always go, huh? My first network was uh, Windows 3.1 on Lantastic was the huh? network driver on it, okay? Uh, if that gives you any idea, it's it, it's a long time. Um, I think I've deserved some time on the porch eating pizza, to be honest with you. What, what, was your first company part of the Roman Empire Corporation and like that they employed you? <laughs> well, my network schematics are still on a cave wall somewhere, if that tells you anything. Oh, my God. Okay, okay. We, we've... Oh, Siri, let's get serious. <laughs> yes. No, no, I don't care about getting serious, but I care about getting on topic because, like, you know, you, you're just like a squirrel. Oh, shiny. Oh, and... I am so squirrely right now. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. So, yeah. Okay, so um, Hacktivist Collective, Mysterious Team Bangladesh, revealed. <laughs> and I'm like, what have they revealed? Guess where they're based? B Bangladesh? Pennsylvania. Maybe? Really? No, it's in Bangladesh, of course. Okay, <laughs> all right. Don't do that to me, man. I'm like, <laughs> hold on a second. Yeah. Um, but So the name of this group is Mysterious Team Bangladesh. Yes. Maybe it just doesn't translate well. Maybe before they ran it through Google Translate, it sounded epic. Like, you know, and these things happen, you know. It's but. time to rebrand, folks. Maybe maybe go back to ChatGPT and say, ChatGPT, find me a name for my hacker collective group, exactly. <laughs> my activist group, and see what it comes up with. I guarantee it's going to be better than Mysterious Team Bangladesh. It's like it's like a villain from a Scooby Doo movie, isn't it? It's it like is an episode, <laughs> and we would have gotten away if it wasn't for those meddling kids. But um, no, I mean, which is surprising because when you go on Fiverr and you're looking for people to design you a logo or brand oh. your stuff or. A lot of them are based in Bangladesh and India, like so that part of the world and what have you. So you'd think they they probably got some neighbor who's or cousin who's um, <laughs> good at that kind of stuff. Do you remember the fun we had trying to get this logo and stuff from Fiverr, right? Yes. We, we threw that out there and we're like, okay, we're just going to pay someone to come up with something cool. <laughs> and like seven iterations later, we're like, screw it. <laughs> we're, we're doing it ourselves. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, we, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, what fun. Anyway, so, that's um okay. So so other than the name, yeah, what was the yeah, big, yeah. big reason but, for having this. So group story IB anyway? done analysis on there, and they said that they they DDoS is their main thing. They've done uh, over seven hundred and fifty DDoS on more than seventy websites in a year, and they got access to some you know some web servers. Probably guessed the password, brute forced them, or you know took advantage of some vulnerability and what have you. Well, these but, days, I mean, credential stuffing is out there. So you download it, you put it in, what is it like silver bullet? I think is the name of it. Silver bullet too. And yeah, free, yeah. free software. And it just goes out and, and stuffs those credentials. That's not hard to do. Exactly. Exactly. So it's, it's interesting. It's one of those ones, which is like, it's an interesting report, but you know, there's beyond the name, Nothing really grabbed well, my attention to be. Honest. You know, you know what I what did grab my attention. If you break this out a little bit, we're talking about 750 DDoS attacks in a year. Yeah. So how many a day is that? <laughs> right? That's quite a few, actually. Yeah. I mean, that's that's quite a few. They're they're pretty active if you think about it. Mm. Um and, and you know, it's easy to kind of overlook that, but I mean, 750 in a year, Th those, those folks are turning some, some, some stuff out. Yeah. And they use telegram, a telegram channel primarily. And their yeah. leader is known as dark underscore TSN with the a being a four in dark. Who does that? That's a pretty cool, innovative thing. So <laughs> they, they, they don't have all, everything bad. Yeah, yeah, y'all look at look at uh, Javad's uh, <laughs> his at there, his his uh, Twitter handle there, and uh, you'll see why I'm giving him a hard time. Okay, Microsoft okay. Teams, Microsoft oh, Teams, everyone's favorite, or uh, not really, but the most popular. One of the most things is targeted in midnight phishing attack, midnight blizzard, sorry, midnight blizzard phishing attacks. It went behind the logo there. So that's a cool name. Midnight blizzard is a cool name. Um, okay. Take note, team. It's the Bangladesh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Ruskies again. Yeah. Oh. So what's gosh. this all about? I don't know. You're the one that pulled this. Oh, so I pulled all the stories this week. Yeah, I think I had one in there. I'm the but lead. Yeah, researcher. you did pull all these stories. So I'm trying to read as we go here. Yeah. So this is just basically using Microsoft. When you boil it down, it's spear phishing using Microsoft Teams chats. That's pretty much what it boils down to. So it's the same. I mean, this is the thing phishing is phishing. And they will use different channels. They will use email. They'll use SMS. They'll use your chat features within Teams or Zoom. They'll even use chat features on your PlayStation or Xbox when you're online. Yeah. They will use social media. It's it's all the same. So this is why, you know, having people aware of these things is so, so important because when you tell people, oh, we've got technologies in place that protect you, you just lure people into a false sense of security and they're never looking out for anything. It's a bit yeah. like the, the guy that drove Tesla in autopilot mode and it crashed and died because he was like hands off the wheel, eyes closed. Oh, you know, the tech is going to do everything. But you know, no matter how good the tech is, you need some human intervention. You need some training. You need some awareness. You need people, you know. And it, like the example I often give, it's a bit like teaching someone to cross a road. Give them the framework, a child a framework of how to safely cross a road. That way they will know how to safely cross any road they encounter anywhere in the world, anywhere in their life. 
I have an argument for that. Go for it. I was almost killed in London at least a couple of times because I looked the wrong way. <laughs> well, <I> that's, <laughs> that's because now your framework's wrong there because the framework should be look both ways before crossing the road. Do not assume that all the all everyone drives on the wrong side of the road like you do. I actually do love that um, on the ground in a lot of those places, especially in downtown, they have look this way, right? Because yeah. they're they're tired of spraying people off the the, drive, they are. the, the roadway because they look the wrong way. And you know, that's another good example of ongoing training. Like you, you know, people no. you don't hear people say, "Oh, I know how to cross a road." Why do they have these signs on every every footpath to say "look this way"? Well, because it it helps just reinforce that, and it's a subconscious thing that. Yeah, so not all training needs to be a paragraph. It it just yeah. literally like, hey, look this way. No, that's that's true. And you know what? You mentioned something. And with this story, you know, you you mentioned um, like like this is actually doing an MFA bypass in a yep. lot of ways, and it's coming from an unexpected place. Like the people are in teams, they assume it's good. They get this, you know, bothering them for an MFA acceptance. And because they're not paying attention, because they have that false sense of security that they're lured, lured into, they go ahead with it. And, yeah. and that's a good point as far as educating people, making sure they understand that you should always be aware of something funky going on, even if it's coming through something like this. And MFA a lot of people, that's that false sense of security that we go, oh, if you put MFA on the account, you're you're good. And they think that that's secure. We know better, right? Yep, we do know better. Now, let me ask you this. Do you use WhatsApp? I do use WhatsApp. Do you use it for work purposes? Not really, no. I mean, have you have you ever? Like, have you ever tried to get hold of a colleague on Slack or email and they're not responding and you thought, ah, you know, WhatsApp might be the best way to nudge them. And then that delves into this spiraling thing where you just start scheduling meetings on WhatsApp or you it's an it's not a stretch of the imagination to see that. No, happening. no, it's not. It's no, not because sometimes it's just more convenient. You know, they're going to be more responsive on WhatsApp because they just reacted to the meme you just sent. So now they're going to react to it. Now they, they have no excuse of saying I didn't see when you sent me that little paragraph of information that I need to submit this report the next day or something like that. No, no, that's, that's not a bad point. That's not a bad point at all. So there's in Scotland, there's an NHS trust and they've gotten a little slap on the wrist for sharing WhatsApp data uh, for, for sharing data on WhatsApp patient data. Okay. Patient data. Yes. So it's not a huge uh, uh, amount of data. There's okay. like we're talking about dozens uh, of, of people, and it was in the group. And then what happened? The, the way the breach occurred is someone who wasn't supposed to be part of that group was accidentally added to the group, so they could then see patient uh, data on it. Yeah. Right. So, so these are medical people. Like, hey, Bob needs to have that big hairy yeah. lesion removed from his upper lip, or you know, yeah, you know, whatever. Like, exactly stuff like that. And then somebody else popped in and went, "Wow, yeah. I can see all this." Okay. Yes. 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 Oh. So you you see this kind of stuff. And so it's obviously like under GDPR and everything, it's just like a big no-no. And, you know, we will we'll, we'll, we'll fine you like, you know, £2.50 because you're a government department, got taxpayer funded or whatever. <laughs> um, which, which actually, it, this, a similar thing happened last September when um, a bunch of Wall Street 
financial firms were fined like by the SEC because they were talking about trades on WhatsApp or whatever they were using non 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 thing and they I think they were like you know about 100 million each or something so it's a total of a billion dollars they they were they were penalized um the the interesting thing here is I'm not going to blame the staff at all because they were using work issued phones which were locked down they could only download apps from the official portal that they you know whatever their mdm client is and on it was whatsapp WhatsApp. so they downloaded it they used it and for all intents and purposes whatsapp is a secure channel it's marketed as that right end-to-end encryption i don't know if you have the commercials over there that we have here but they have one where these people are going into the post office to mail uh, a letter and the guy's like oh we'll attach it to this pigeon and they're like what are you talking about you know it's not secure (laughs) they they promote it as a secure communication device and if the organization is providing that in a store with no guidance i can absolutely see why people would assume that this is an official tool that's okay to use exactly and that's the thing missing here is the guidance if you give people access it's like kids in a candy store like they're not going to know any better. Like if, if I didn't know any better, my diet would consist of Red Bulls all day long. And like, you know, that's it. But um, it, it's one of those things like I understand the need, why, especially because a lot of this happened during 2020 and 22. So that was oh. during lockdown. Yeah. yeah so yeah. people were distant from their colleagues and they, you know, you want to exchange, say, like funny stuff or just have a bit of chat on a personal level, which does not concern work. So WhatsApp, having a, a team WhatsApp group for that is perfectly fine because, you know, you don't necessarily want your boss or your employer spying on what you're saying, or maybe it's not entirely kosher, but you can have it for that. But it's so easy for that to bleed into exchanging work stuff. And for that, you need to issue them guidance and say, look, yeah, use this for your personal chats. Do not use this at all for work-related stuff. And I think had just that guidance been made clear, it, you, they could have avoided you know, you you bring something up here that that I, I just had this thought. Oh, damn. Um, that's always scary when you have a thought. I, I know. I know it is. Uh, okay. Now, let's focus. Did you say this was in Scotland? Yes. Okay. So do the Scots type the way they talk? Because if they do, that was a second layer of encryption that only the <laughs> Scottish would actually be able to understand because uh, you've heard them speak. <laughs> like, what the hell? You know, what, one of my cousins lives in, in, in Scotland. He lives in Glasgow. And I actually, we never phone each other because I can't understand a word he's saying. So I'm always like, just, you know what, just message me. Let me know you're okay. The kids are okay. That's about it because the Scottish accent is uh, it is quite Scottish people are absolutely lovely. You know they're being nice to you, but you just don't know why they're being nice <laughs> or what they're saying to you. <laughs> well, you know, there's there's a gal, I think it's on Twitter, um, that, that I used to see all the time, uh, Miss Puny Penny or something like that. And she breaks down some of the Scottish words because they do have their own words for things yeah. too. And she breaks it down and uses it in a sentence, and half the time I'm like, huh. I'm going back through it anyways because she throws it out there. And it is such a very interesting dialect, if you will. And some of my favorite videos on the Internet, besides cat ones, have been people trying to get the voice sat nav to work when they're Scottish. Yes. Those are absolutely hilarious. And I do love the Scots. But, uh, yeah, they're really hard to understand. They are. They are. Anyway, 
humans, according to uh, research at uh, University College London, humans unable to reliably detect deep fake speech. Um, Be before we get too into this. Yes. Did you just go to Info Security Magazine and pull all of the stories from there? Because I'm pretty sure the last, all of these have been <laughs> from the same source. Is that good journalism, Javad? Info Security Magazine is good journalism. Yes, they do have good stories. <laughs> I, I don't they, disagree. They stay on yeah. the pulse of the story. <laughs> and James is a very, very good, good reporter as well. Okay. He's, he's right. in my top three favorite cybersecurity reporters. Oh, nice. Okay, well, that's... I won't that's tell a... you who the other two are or what level they're at, but that's a mystery. <laughs> I do have my my little leaderboard, my, my fantasy football like league <laughs> but for journalism, journalists in cyber. So, you know, that I do have one of those things. Fair enough, fair enough. Okay, so what happened here? They're, we're saying that humans can't detect deepfake speech? Not very well, no. So the, the study they presented 529... Let me see if I can enlarge this. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, they presented 529 individuals with genuine and deep fake audio samples and asked them to identify the fakes. Participants could only identify the fake audio 73% of the time. Is that all? That, that to me seems like a pretty high success rate. That is a pretty high <laughs> success rate. I mean, it's like, you know, three quarters of the time they, they got it right. I mean, you, what would be interesting if they redone the, the thing, but with like voice actors impersonating a particular person or something oh, is yeah. this a real clip of ronald reagan saying this or is this a, a voice actor but you, you know the, some of the deep fakes have been getting so good and oh, yeah not too long ago someone shared with me i don't know if i shared it with you as well but it's a it's frank sinatra singing gangster's paradise completely AI, but it just sounds just like him in his style and style. there's another one with like elvis is singing i like big booties and i cannot lie <laughs> oh but it's just but elvis it covers just, mix a lot huh <laughs> yeah 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 it's just absolutely mind-boggling and i i don't think it's something that's too i mean 70 like you said 73 percent is still quite a a decent thing i think you know, people are going to, yeah. what have you. But another interesting thing, uh, um, well, I won't. Well, while, while you're typing away, I'll throw this in there. Go um, every once in a while, like I do a lot of YouTubing for learning how to do stuff. And a lot of the stuff you see, like reviews especially, have a computer-generated voice as the voice of the video. Yeah. And it's usually fairly obvious. And frankly, I can't listen to it very long. It really does bug me but some of them have actually started to become very good to where it doesn't uh it, it doesn't upset me uh like it, it doesn't make me not want to watch it anymore and that's an improvement where this could actually be useful yep um because i've also i've watched a lot of these youtubes that are people with a very heavy accent and it's really hard to follow the information they're putting out. It may be great information, but it's really hard to follow because the accent is so heavy. You know, you, you spend all your cycles trying to decipher the words and two seconds later you're getting it. And it's not their fault, but this could actually be very handy in situations like that. If we can get it to the point that the inflections are normalized and it doesn't make you feel 
like you want to rip your hair out. True, true. And also what I think is people sometimes focus on the big part of it. Sometimes it's just a small thing that can make a difference. What if you can take a genuine audio, but you're only changing in a in a minute sentence one word or two words? Yeah. Or just the phone number. And that becomes a lot harder to detect. And one thing um, I've, I've been playing around with, so I, it's a cheap plug for my TikTok channel, if you want to go check out my TikTok channel. But um, here's, here's a video I made a few days, like last week or whatever. And I'm not going to play the audio. Thanks. But what's interesting about this is that the, the, the software I use, Descript, it has a new feature where I'm actually reading off a script at the moment. But in post, it can it fixes my eyes so it looks so it looks like I'm looking straight into the camera. So when I recorded this, I was not looking at the camera at all. In post, yeah. it's changed it. So when you look at this video, it it just looks like I'm looking straight at the camera. It doesn't look like it. And it's got blinks in there. And you know, unless I move my hand over my face, that's when some weird artifacting occurs. But it's so, so good. So you can see how even tiny things can yeah. really make a big difference. And, you know, you just get used to this stuff after a while. Yeah. This is actually something I wanted to play with in Descript. Um, there's some other things too. Uh, I mean, I think NVIDIA does this in one of their drivers. Yep. There's, there's, you know, this is becoming more common because, you know, having that, that connection with somebody looking at you is great. That's very helpful, but if you've ever done this kind of stuff, it's really hard to read this while also staring at you. I, I have it. I know it's kind of weird for me. Like my camera is above my monitor. So sometimes I feel like I'm, I'm looking way up, which kind of looks a little bit weird too, but I, I don't even know anymore. It's, you know what? For everyone, everyone prefers it when you just don't look at them, Eric. So you can keep your eyes down. You just, <laughs> well, I guess here's what I want to know is when one of our colleagues does their talk like this? <laughs> Can it straighten them completely out? And I'm yeah. sorry if you're on here, colleague, <laughs> but we got to throw that dig out. How could we not? We, we got it. We got it. Go on. <laughs> Take us home with the skills gap. Oh, yeah. Well, this is uh, over there on your side still talking about the, the skills gap with cybersecurity. And I mean, so I worked at uh, ISC Squared, who tends to push a pretty big report every year i worked there like starting almost 10 years ago ish um nine or ten years ago a long time and we were talking about it then it was a big deal back then and yet it continues to be a big deal as we move forward and this one was interesting when i was reading through this they're they're talking about you know they're blaming costs and stuff and keeping in mind that this is from a like a public side I can understand that. Um, I was, you, you love it when I talk about this. I was with the army. Oh, wow. Really? <laughs> the U.S. Army. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for about 10 years. And I mean, I, I ended up, I was the security manager of this place that we ran the network infrastructure for all of North America between the army's post camps and stations, the active directory for everything. I was the, you know, the security manager, kind of the, the lead contractor and security there. And when I left, I very quickly doubled my salary. <laughs> like, yeah. like yeah. it didn't take much to do that. And I liked my job and stuff, but it's really hard to compete to get talent when the, the private sector can pay so much more 
than the public sector can. And that's a that's a big problem that we have in in this in this industry. Plus, it takes a long time to really know what you're doing. And uh, you know, we talk about it in the book too. Trust is a big deal too. We're yeah. We have a chance to mess everything up. And if people don't trust us, you know, it's hard to build that trust. It takes time. That's right. That's right. And and also there's a difference between which, which is often spoken under the same breath is like there's a skills gap, but then there's skill shortage, which are two different things as well. Um, So, you know, it's not necessarily about certifying a whole bunch of young people and getting them into the marketplace. It's about, how do you upskill people so that they're at the right level at which companies are looking yep. at? And not only that, looking within an organization for people that are predisposed to have that mindset that may want to get into it, but don't know where to start. They're competing with people who have certs or whatever. And so they never try. We need to do a better job at looking at those people that are just automatically kind of security minded within the organization and saying, Hey, have you ever thought about, and then investing in them a little bit. Not enough of that. I wish I wish someone in, had invested in you during your career. Oh, you break my heart. Oh, bullshit. Anyway, that's all the time we have for you this week. We're bumping up against like uh, our next thing. I hope you had a good time. I know I had a great time. Until next week, stay secure, my friends. And I'm looking to the side.